Welcome to the Creature Cast, the official console creatures podcast. My name is David Petrangelo, and I'll be your host for this journey into all things video games. And it's my pleasure to introduce my fellow writers and podcasters. Hey guys, I'm Bobby. I'm the editor. Um, I've been running the site for about 10 years now, and uh, we finally decided to take this journey with you guys to kind of introduce ourselves, let you guys know what we're about, all about all the games we play and all the games we want you guys to play and, you know, the games we want to play together. Uh, my name is Steve Vigvar, a frequent contributor to Console Creatures for a, a number of years at this point. Um, and yeah, uh, just stoked to, you know, finally get together, do this podcast kind of get together each week and kind of go over what we've been you know, playing and the best news of the week, I guess. Yeah, we're going to have a variety of things that we're going to go through. And I think the best way we sort of decided collectively that the best way for listeners to get to know us and readers to get to know us is to talk about where our love of games came from. I think that's really the, the, the way to start. I think some of the games we're going to talk about might be a little newer, but most of them I think are going to go back to our childhood because Want to sort of what what defined us as gamers? What got us here to this point? Why do we even want to report, write, and play video games when we're the age that we are? You know what I mean? So um, I think we may have all heard from parents or family members that are older than us going, you still play video games? You still do that? Uh, I, I can't believe that's what you do with your money and your time. But you know what? We love it. And this is just going to be one episode to uh, sort of get things started. We are going to go through... 10 games through our lifetime so far that have defined who we are as gamers and how we got to this point. So this episode, we're going to go from number 10, 9, and 8. Each of us are going to bring three to the table, and then we're going to continue going down that list for the episodes following that. So I guess we'll just jump right in. Without further ado, let's just get right into it, guys. Um, I'm actually going to uh, throw it to Steve first. Steve, let's let's Ooh. start with your number 10. Yeah, oh, a three, three, a curveball. Yeah, I know, I know. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, no, no, my number ten. So a little bit of backstory. Anyone that kind of knows me knows I am not a PC gamer at all. I don't don't like sitting in front of a PC after I'm done working for the day. I'm you know natively in front of my console or or a Switch and everything. But that being said, one PC game that that makes my list is one that I cherished from my childhood, which is Diablo two. Uh, this was the first game that I would confidently say i was obsessed with the the summary came out uh, i me and my best friend at the time we would play diablo 2 morning to night like i'm talking the moment we woke up it was okay get on the get on each like our respective pcs start playing grind it out grind the the campaign grind out uh you know pvp and everything and then nine o'clock ten o'clock at night we'd uh, go to bed and everything and the funny, funniest part about this all was this was pre-high-speed internet. This was still on dial-up days and everything. So we were, you know, communicating the best we could over the phone at the same time. And my That's what, true. I get is that how we did it? I mean, I know there was typing, but I, I guess, yeah, I yeah. guess we'd have to call each other, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I would be sitting there like crink neck, like <laughs> Phone like in between my ear and my shoulder, like typing, you know, controlling the mouse and everything for hours on end. And it, like, I'm sure it screwed up my back after after all that. I was going to say, now you have a super strong neck. So, yeah, <laughs> St strong or very weak, one of the two. It, it, <laughs> we'll, we'll see when I get uh, a, bit, a bit older. But yeah, Diablo 2, still to this day, I mean, Diablo 2 Resurrections came out again just to kind of like go down that nostalgic trip. Um, was really nice, but it all goes back to uh, those summers of, you know, engaging in uh, just some chaotic uh, PvP in Diablo 2. And the, I mean, come on, the, the cow level 2, like, it's such a special game. So I, I could I could go on and on about that. But uh, yeah, I'll throw it to, uh, to one of you guys for your number 10. Um, I, I will tease ahead that uh, this is 100% on my list somewhere. So Amazing. Um, we'll, we'll have more to talk about for sure yeah. when it gets to me. Um, uh, Bobby, how about yourself, man? This one was difficult to whittle down. Um, yeah, it definitely is. I had to spend a lot of time last week doing this, but I ended up starting <laughs> with... It was a long discussion with myself, but I ended up going Super Mario Bros. 3. I mean, Ooh, nice. that was the first game I could confidently say I beat by myself. Mm, and, uh, yeah, like, sure. After watching The Wizard, I mean, like that that movie set the world on fire. And then yes. what happened afterwards, <laughs> What you know, Nintendo introduces this sequel to super mario brothers and the world changed after that but 
it was it was just it's it was the pinnacle of Nintendo. I mean, that was the game that brought the console to everyone. It was the first time I met Mario. It was the first time, you know, I saved the princess, and I had the best time of my life playing that game when I was six years old. And it, every year following that up until I was like fifteen or sixteen, I would replay it every year. It just it offered so much, and I honestly have the best memories playing on Nintendo with that game. It's probably the first time I could say I felt like I knew what I was doing with with anything. It's like I could get to the next level. I could get to the flutes. I can get the suits. <laughs> and it just it, it made sense after that. Gaming was changed my life from there. Yeah. And, and if any title is going to do it, any... I mean, sure, there's the first Super Mario that a lot of sure. people had on NES and everything. But three just elevated things because... You know, two has sort of a weird history in North America. Um, I think a lot of people played yeah. that much later because it was on um, All Stars. I think yeah, that's I how think that's how I played I it anyway. Yeah. It. I actually remember having the the cartridge, but like I, I liked it. I just never played it. I mean, it didn't have the appeal as as yeah. three did. And and one was cool, yeah. but like it, it it was still a little bit archaic even back then. But then mm-hmm. three, three mm-hmm. was like the biggest advancement. It was it was unheard of at the time, and like what they did. And just like seeing like all these documentaries on how they created all the levels and like what they did to, you know, make sure it felt different. It's insane. It's insane. Like it, it's hard to see the development cycles like that these days. Like it, it's yeah, it's hard to replicate that these days. It's it's not the same. But it 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 changed the industry. One of the things about about this game is that every time someone brings it up and says, "Oh, it's one of my favorites," uh, you know, another podcast that I do, uh, it's it's one of uh, my co-hosts' favorite games of all time. And every time I think about it, I go, "I think this is the first time that there was ever like an overworld map that I remember playing." I don't oh, know that point. I ever experienced that before this, and now it's somewhat commonplace. If you have a, you know, every once in a while, you'll see that in a, on a platformer or some sort of you know a throwback retro type of game but yeah i mean there were probably games at the time that had that idea but this is definitely the first one that i remember being you know like you said bobby like really enjoying the game and playing a lot of it and going oh this is something cool and new you can you can go to the flowed well it it just yeah i think that's what it was all there were i think like ninja turtles at the time did something similar but we all know how that game turned out so let's like comparing that to Super Mario Bros. 3, Nintendo has this magic about them. Even back then, it was just like oh, they course. knew what they were doing. They knew how to create these worlds and UIs and everything about their games was like perfection. Yeah. And we haven't uh, seen We don't see that. No, I mean, Nintendo still to this day has that treatment, right? That's That's kind of excelled over the years and yeah i think you're right i think it does draw back all the way back to super mario 3 in a way that uh you know you don't see from many other publishers uh, especially in that era (laughs) yeah i was just i was just frantically looking um people can't see this on the recording but i was frantically looking for my game on my on my list my number 10 on my list because i have it in this room somewhere and i don't know where it went (laughs) Um, which is sad because it is one of my favorite sports games of all time. My number 10 is WWF No Mercy for the N64. Because this was, to me, the best wrestling game out there. Uh, I have a copy of it for my N64, and I have played it fairly recently within the last few weeks with some friends. And it is still so much fun with multiplayer. It is just such a blast. It still works so well. Sure, it feels a little bit dated and clunky and all that. But, uh, you know, between this, Mario Party, Mario Kart games, like... This is one of the big multiplayer games in my life. And I I remember (laughs) it's funny because all these retro games now are are pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive to sort of collect these games if if you want them or you want to find them now. But I do remember saving up, I think it was 80 or $90 to get this game new 
at the store when it came out in 2000 or 99. Like that's how expensive this game was or these games were. And some of these prices fluctuated. Like why was this 80 and the game that I got a couple months prior to that for Christmas would have been 60. Like I don't understand that. Um, but every single penny was worth it. This game is amazing. I absolutely love it. It's the time when I was watching wrestling too. So it's even better. Um, mm. It's that perfect attitude area era where you have, you know, Stone Cold, you have Mankind, um, you know, you have like classic Kane and all that. It's just, that's what I really remember. And I remember playing this a ton of single player as well. This wasn't just a multiplayer thing. There was so much to do that the titles, just going back and playing it a few weeks ago, you... I forgot that there were branching paths when you were playing the single player. If you wanted to go get one of the belts in the titles, you oh, lose really? a match. It goes this way. You win, you win a match. It goes that way. It's like, wow, it, that's cool. That's never something that I deep. remember. Yeah, it's deep for a game that's, you know, going almost 25 years old now. So um, right. WWF No Mercy is still one of my favorite games of all time for all the reasons I just mentioned. So <laughs> sure. did, you, did you guys play any of those uh, those classic wrestling games growing up? Yeah, I would I would pick them up like infrequently through like, you know, going to Blockbuster or like Rogers video. I'd, I'd rent them for a weekend and everything. Have fun. T the same same kind of thing, like with friends and everything for over a weekend, return them, but then never kind of think about them ever again. I know No Mercy mm -hmm. sits on a pe pedestal for so many people, but for me, it doesn't really have I don't have that attachment to it, but I definitely know that a lot of people do. Yeah, I yeah. think I had SmackDown on PlayStation. That game was incredible. Yep. I think that's probably my favorite wrestling game. Um, all right, Steve, we'll, we'll loop back to you. What's uh, what's sure. number uh, number nine for you? Number nine is a more recent title, uh, one that I think a lot of people cherish to this day and one that definitely has influenced a lot of games that have come since, but it's The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt uh, from 2015. This game... I, going into it, I kind of felt like a phony because at the time I never played a Witcher game, never really even kept up with the the franchise, didn't know much about it. But I was like, there, a lot of people are hyping this game up. I might as well just jump into it, see what's gonna, see what's going on and everything. And I fell in love with this game. Uh, I, I definitely spent more than a hundred hours exploring this this world, uh, investing my time with uh, Geralt and all the the side characters and everything. And this was like one of the first games I remembered, like just crashing my spirit like by the time i got to the end i was like i just want to be done with this game please let me get to the credits but there's so much content which i mean good on cd project red at the time uh you know it's kind of it's kind of funny now that we were talking about this you know in 2022 uh with that hindsight of being like hey they had so much good goodwill from the Witcher and now see, you know, cyberpunk and everything. But at the time, you know, it was content rich. They were frequently updating it with free, uh, you know, pieces of DLC and everything. And then they had like the, the blood and wine uh, expansion. And then the other one, I can't remember what it was called. Regardless. I mean, in total, I probably spent 200 hours with this, just, just the narrative alone. And then you got uh, all the, the, like the collectibles and, and all that. And just, this game was really something else. And you can see how so many games, especially Assassin's Creed, have tried to be like, okay, well, we're going to be The Witcher now. And then you look at games, you know, more frequently, the, uh, like Elden Ring being like, okay, we can do an, an expansive world like this, Breath of the Wild. All these other games took what The Witcher did and just kind of adapted it to their own games. And yeah, man, like... I, I wish that The Witcher 2 and more specifically The Witcher 1 were more accessible so I could kind of experience that full trilogy. But for now, I mean, I've, I put in some time with The uh, Witcher 2, but it, it's nothing like Wild Hunt. And for that reason alone, it, it's on my top 10 list. Is it? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, when 3 had all the hype going the first month or two yeah. that, that it was out, I never played the other game. So I picked up 2 for a decent discount and yeah. played through that and I never made my way through three but but you're right two even at the time felt like okay I could see some games like actually Assassin's Creed is exactly a perfect example of, of how it was like oh Assassin's Creed's doing something that two isn't and then mm -hmm. I eventually played at least most of the way through three and it's it's very it's very well known and very well loved especially the blood and wine expansion I wish I could experience oh because I, I never got to that point and I just like oh, okay. I feel like I need to experience it. I need to I need to go through it somehow. <laughs> it's it's worth checking out, definitely. I think it was it's probably the best thing they did, even counting the main base game. It was probably the best expansion. Yeah. And it's just I, a great I agree. 
straight but great two, story. Playing, I assume. Yeah, playing Witcher Two was hard, right? I mean, like it had to it had a really hard introductory period, and all the tutorials were just really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people kind of dropped the series going back, right? Because they're like, these games are too difficult and they're hard sure. to install and find. And But three, I mean, it's just, it was a good starting point. It added a lot of fans to the, you know, the franchise. Like that's kind of like the Assassin's Creed 2 of the Witcher series. Right, right. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, without three, you don't have the show and you don't have nope. the fact that they're, I guess at this point we're sitting here looking at very little information, but that they are going to be making another one, um, right? Which is exciting. I don't know, Steve. You're, you you love this third one, or or I mean, I'm assuming you're interested in what's coming next. Yeah, and kind of to go back to your question of why Blood and Wine is such a good piece yeah. of DLC is because it is the canonical hard setting end of. Geralt's journey like it, it's the uh, definitive ending for him so now that we you know we have the the knowledge that they're working on a follow-up and everything it's to me I'm like okay now it's just series game just give it to her let her have the mantle and everything and kind of go from there because at this point I think that if you're gonna retread on on Geralt to this point it it wiped away blood and wine to the point where I'm like oh, you're squandering this moment because it was such a good piece of content for that game um bobby what's uh what's next on the list you're nine yeah we're we're still we're still back in the 16-bit era is that 32 nice. i can't remember what's there what's super nintendo is that 32-bit 32 uh, yeah it gets yeah. up there yeah yeah, yeah so 16 and 32 yeah i'm i'm gonna pick one from every like just you know every i guess chronological system release well the next one i had to pick was chrono trigger That's another game that changed my life. That was the first RPG I actually kind of fell in love with. I don't know if you guys have played it, but it, it is like a no-nonsense, time-traveling RPG that it delivers on everything you could ask for. Story, characters, graphics. It, the battle system's incredible. Even to this day, I mean, 30 years later, it holds up to the, the fact that even these new games in 2022, like they don't offer the same level of of storytelling or you know any anything that makes a game worth playing a lot of these games these days don't have the same the same properties and i don't know what it is about japanese rpgs they're they're just incredible i mean some of them can be really childish i mean obviously we've seen some of the things those games offer like you know bikini clad (laughs) like zombie fighters and right yeah but it's hard not to fall in love with corn sugar i don't know if you guys have played it but chrono frog mages uh, the story of you know the downfall of poor and just everything that happened in that game is so perfect it it's hard to find it on these on consoles these days you can't even find it on switch but if you can emulate it or play it on a phone i recommend it 100 percent. it will make you a new person i i i played this I've I, probably years after it came out when I, I my, my Super Nintendo still works and still runs. So I actually have this game, but uh, I don't really remember the story that much. I remember enjoying the game, but I, it, it for some reason, I got to play it again to really appreciate it because they got the time. Maybe I wasn't open minded enough to be like, oh, yeah, this is great because I've never been a Final Fantasy guy. I've never been a JRPG guy um, and still am not. And it's not because they're not games I would potentially enjoy. I just never got to them at that at that point right at this point where chrono trigger was like the height of everything and like you said a lot of people still regard it as the height of jrpgs and everything so i got to go back to it i think i'm pretty sure i'm going to double check here while we're talking but i'm pretty sure they did a remake of it in the last little while um that you can get on pc let me just see here i think this they is. ported it so they ported yes. it to pc but like it- 
un, like I don't understand how they never add it to like PlayStation or Switch or Xbox. Like it's not available on a console. Yeah, unless you own like a 3ds. Like they, I do have the 3ds version, but like it, I want to play it on a big screen. I mean, the only way you can do it these days is like with your PC. And, I, and I'm like Steve. I don't like want to sit in front of my computer and play games. I mean, that's yeah. just not who I am anymore. Yeah, but thankfully with the Steam Deck, the Steam Steam Deck, Steam Deck. Steam Deck. It's been a long day. Steam Deck, I can do that from anywhere now, right? It's like it's the greatest thing, but like until I get one, it's 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 like I can't play it. Right? Yeah, that's that's the worst thing right now is just waiting. <laughs> waiting sucks. Just waiting for guys. the email. <laughs> waiting for an email is like oh, it's like a godsend. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm no, ready it, to give them it's funny though. I mean, Bobby, for as long as I've known you, I've known how 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 much you've appreciated the Chrono Trigger series and everything. But for me, like JRPGs are just not it, dog. Like I've tried no, my I... best to get it. I, I I find a lot of them way too slow. I find a lot of just the moment to moment gameplay just bores me to death. And I've throughout my entire life, I've tried to find one that really speaks to me. And it wasn't until Final Fantasy VII remake that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like maybe this is this is it. Since then, I've tried to go back to other ones. I'm like, meh. It was a one oh, and done. <laughs> they're an acquired taste. Like, they're hard to recommend yeah. to people unless they're already invested, right? But there are yeah, right. some GRPs that are, that are, I would say, on par, if not better, with, like, Western releases, right? Like, that's, Oh, I believe it. It's yeah. just, yeah, you have to be in that mindset. Like, playing... Yeah. Yeah. The good thing about Chrono Trigger is there's, it, there's no fat. Like, it's just... It's lean. It's, like, 25 hours. You can get to the critical path, and you get the best experience everywhere sure but i gotta like pop this final back fantasy, in my console yeah. then <laughs> but like, games like final fantasy 7 and whatnot they're like 40 to 50 hours you're right. doing a lot of you know tedious stuff there are a lot of tedious missions but i mean if you ever get a chance to sit down and play a chrono trigger steve i like you'll you'll find what i'm talking about it it's 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 a time-bending adventure like you, you don't just you know do one thing like you're saving the entire universe and not you know in a way where it doesn't really bore you it's like this is really cool like it takes you to the future it takes you to the past you see the medieval times you see the end of times like you see everything and it's just like the way they tell the story and what you can do it's 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 perfection like it is like a chef's kiss that's (laughs) i've heard someone say (laughs) that it's a chef's kiss before that's actually specifically what i've heard a couple people (laughs) say about the game i i have to re-experience it like i I remember enjoying it and i have a friend of mine that that is it's like top three for him no matter what discussion you have about games so um i gotta i gotta go back to it i I have it downstairs i have it downstairs yeah that and the sequel i mean the sequel is very divisive but i enjoyed both i mean i'm actually that's what i hear yeah i'm reviewing corner cross right now i'm I'm playing it right now like it it's, oh, the the remake, right? Yeah, yeah, the remaster. Like it's 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 a good game to play. Like both are, they have you know a little bit of a connection, but like it's it's a loose sequel, so like you can kind of follow along without oh, okay. having to play the first one. But like both as a pair, like they're very good games. Like both of them deliver quality story, music. The, the soundtrack alone is probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It's still to this day the best game based score i've ever heard in my life and even if you don't want to play the games just listen to the music and you'll see what i'm going like, gonna say just listen evo- to the music yeah <laughs> yeah just it evokes like this emotion in people that i, I i've played this music for like this is incredible and that's kind of thing with games right games have the best music i i love listening to scores from games like i i have that going all the time I, yeah. I, that's that's music i i work to is is that kind of stuff so um, if I put anything on with lyrics, I can't concentrate. I just listen to the song. <laughs> that's exactly. that's what I can't do. <laughs> anything without yeah, no lyrics, I, I I can't do. Like I need just you know, no attention music. Something I just play while I'm writing or yeah, sure. That's Something a little bit more chill too. Right? That's yeah. what it's. That's what the games are made for. Right, that music is literally made just for you to you know, do something while you're playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so my number nine is also a somewhat newer game. I think just maybe a year or two before uh, The Witcher, and this is probably the game why that made me love indie games or pay more attention to indie games. So it's probably one of the first I ever played. I probably I might have played one before this, not knowing that it was an indie game and liking it, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, this is Thomas Was Alone. 
This Ooh. is one of my favorite games of all time because nice. it is simple uh, gameplay. It is simple dynamics. It is amazing storytelling. It is fun and witty writing. Yep. And the game makes you care about shapes. And I crazy. didn't know that that was possible. It's crazy. <laughs> I want, yeah. you know, I want the rectangle to be able to make it to the end. You know, like it's just, um, yeah. if anyone hasn't played this game, again, it's one of those ones where it's available on pretty much every single platform at this point. And yeah. you could probably find it for like a dollar. Uh, it's 100% worth $100. I think this game is incredible. And um, everything that uh, that Bithel Games has done, I have played and really enjoyed. Um, I don't think that they've missed at all. And this was the start of that. And I don't know, anytime anyone asks me about indie games, I, I always bring this game up because I think it is a creative way to tell a story without having to flash any kind of fancy things in front of your face. Yeah. I just think that the, that the voiceover and the writing itself is what this is all about. And then you just have some somewhat interesting, you know, puzzle uh, uh, mechanics along the way to kind of get you through the story, but it's great. I absolutely love this. Um, if there was any way, I know the story doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't allow it really, but if there's any way that they could make another one of these, I would be first right. in line. <laughs> oh, Thomas was alone is 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 amazing. I love this game so much. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, this this was one of the games that I just happened to you know stumble across and. People who know me know that I, I like to seek out achievements and everything. I heard, you know, Thomas was alone, a really good achievement list. You can you can <laughs> mop it up pretty quickly. I was like, okay, I'm down. And, you know, lo and behold, I, I find myself, you know, what you said, caring about shapes, caring about a story. And I think I think it's so funny where, you know, some people are like, man, a game has to have like the most cutting edge graphics and all this. And I'm like, no, it does not. Because this no. game blows so many games out of the water just purely by, the, you, like you said, the the writing, the, the the voice act, and then the game design itself. Like, it's a memorable game. Like, people who have played Thomas Was Alone will never forget Thomas Was Alone simply because of how simple the game is. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the fact that... Um that it, you would assume that you need to see something realistic to get get a feeling you you know anyone yeah. who doesn't have as much experience with games or games that have really strong writing or or presentation outside of graphics would assume like oh but if it doesn't look real it won't feel real or if it doesn't look right. a certain way you might not get that emotion but i think this game proves that wrong um from start to finish i just yeah, i i i just have that 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 opening line of the game stuck in my head all the time just Thomas was alone. Thomas was alone. Well, a weird first thought to have, Thomas decided to start listing his observations for posterity. One, the whole alone thing. Two, portals. They led somewhere. He'd yet to work out where. Three, falling. Thomas was absolutely fantastic at falling. He was almost as good at falling as he was at observing. And it's just it's it's just perfect perfect atmosphere and uh and presentation. I I yeah. I mean maybe this should be higher on my list. I don't know cuz I could go on and on about this game, but <laughs> Well, I mean just imagine here, the, the you know. pitching this game to someone who's not, never played a video game just to be like sit down, play this game, you're going to fall in love and be attached with these these characters. Oh, what's the game? Well, you're playing as blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like d d the fact that you have to pitch it that way is so like obviously like off-putting or strange to someone who's you know maybe not you know within within the video game space and everything but i i do think it is one of those games that you can viably sit someone down who's never held a controller and be like go through this game and they could realistically do it and have a yeah. good time with it yeah yeah it's simple enough to, to work out that it's based like the shapes are, are characters the shapes are who yep. you play as but it's like okay this one you can bounce off of this one jumps right. higher this one moves faster this one moves slower this one can only fit through this this spot like it's very simple in that way but you're still thinking you're still trying yeah. it's not it's not literally like get a shape and put get a, a block and put it in <laughs> you know that that's it's not that kid's toy but it's right. it's not that far <laughs> off either but it's no, not that far right. off either but that's a good thing i think that's a good yeah. thing it's very accessible i think that's a great point I think the narrator was a big part of it. And I don't know if anyone's yeah. like familiar with who it is, but it's uh, Danny Wallace who plays Sean in Assassin's Creed. And he's yeah, probably the best really. part of Assassin's Creed, right? He would always narrate like all the, 
all the you know entries and like the the log books and like give you breakdowns of like buildings and like all the history Assassin's Creed was mind it was done by Danny Wallace and like his voice is just hmm. so perfect for that game. Oh, like, it's, he, it's he, perfect. He stands out in that game as much as the shapes do. And, like he's such yeah. a big part of that game. I agree. He he's he's the he's got the voice that could uh, that could read you the phone book. You know, it's one of those. I think it's just like right. He just has the right the right tone, the right annotations. Like it's just everything about it is. I, I do think that that's a really big part of the game is is his is his work in it for sure. Yeah, um, exactly. But it could it could be worse writing. It's it's good writing, but it could be worse writing. It would still actually be entertaining based on just how good he is. I think. Oh, and he was also in volume. I didn't know that. So yes, he's the voice in volume as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which was their follow up, or right? There's one in between. Did I play us. that. Yeah. I think I did. Is that their like? It's like a pixel voxel game. Yeah, volume. sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's it almost like looks like because um, there are many levels too. It's almost like the VR missions from uh, Metal Gear Solid. That's kind of what it feels yes. like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it feels like. People have like the vision cones around them and everything. Yeah. This is the one I skipped. I think this is must have been the one game I skipped from. Yeah, I think I think I stumbled upon uh, Thomas was alone a, a, like a year or something before volume came out. And then oh, really? I was like, wow, I 100 percent need to play this next game. And it was like one of those day one purchase, sit down and play the whole thing within a weekend. Like um, and I've done that with almost all of their games. I it's they're they're awesome. So, um, OK, so that's enough about my number nine. <laughs> uh, Steve, let's let's move on to our uh, to our last picks for this episode. Uh, yep. What is your number eight? Number eight, uh, this is another game that uh, isn't too old, but it's also not that new either. Uh, sitting very, very calmly in the Xbox 360, PS3 generation, but it's Bioshock, the original Bioshock. I built a city where the artist would not fear the sense, where the great would not be constrained by the small, where the scientist would not be bound by morality. I chose to build Rapture. This game blew my mind. This was a game that uh, at the time, uh, a work friend uh, who's also really into gaming was like, hey, uh, I just finished playing this game. It was really cool. You should play it. Gave me the, the disc and everything. Popped it in over a weekend or something. And holy hell, by the time I got to the, the would you kindly moment, my jaw was on the floor. It was one of those moments that I'll always remember. Like this was a game that just rocked my world simply because of that moment, because I, I didn't think that games could do something so crazy with their narrative, do something so cool with it, an environment. I mean, Rapture, one of the most iconic spots, I, I will put it up against like Hyrule and, you know, Mushroom Kingdom and stuff like that. It sits on like the upper echelon of video game settings and it just has so much character and personality and just the, the gameplay itself. I mean, it's kind of like a horror game, but not really. It's kind of more fast paced. It's not really a first person shooter, but it kind of is. It kind of threads all these different genres, narratives. And at, at the time, it was something I've never experienced in video games since. And I guess, you know, going from, you know, Bioshock to Bioshock 2, Bioshock Infinite and everything. And since then, I've been kind of chasing that same feeling, you know, kind of hoping that another game gives me those similar vibes to a Bioshock. But uh, sadly, we've never gotten anything. We've gotten little things here and there. I mean, the uh, Beyond Beyond Sea or like the the uh, or sorry, Buried at Sea uh, DLC for Infinite kind of kind of got there a little bit, but still not not quite the same. I mean, but yeah, Bioshock to me sits in like the upper echelon of just great, great and refined video games. Um, atmosphere is a great way to put it. I think, uh, yeah. like the, the atmosphere that, that the world that they created for that game uh, takes, takes it a long way because you could, you could put yourself in, in that space, right? They could mm -hmm. place you in, in that world and then just fire guns all over the place. And it, it wouldn't quite feel the same, but the atmosphere and pacing of, of each sort of area that you're through, I yep. think really, really sucks you in, you know, I yeah. think that that, and how, how the sort of abilities and even weapons really but the storytelling even just like the abilities of like straight gameplay how it how it drips into how you discover each thing as you go along you know i think right. that they really pace the game well so it's yes it's amazing storytelling but if you go down to the gameplay too it's it they keep you interested pretty consistently i think oh, which for sure. is which is great even if like you're just there to shoot people or you're just there to light people on fire like 
the fact that you can do all these cool, fun things with it and the world around you is so wacky and so interesting and so deep that it it carries it even further. Now, I like this game a lot too, but I never played Infinite. I, I what? Really, yeah, I never oh played. Yeah, God. I played parts of the That's way huge. part of the way through two, but yeah, Infinite's a huge blank spot for me. I, I have a few blank spots. We'll get to those, but. Yeah, uh, but that's one of them. Is is I think that's my favorite version of Bioshock? Yeah. Okay. Infinite. So like, I, what about what about I can Infinite? See that. Is, yeah. It's, what about Infinite? Sort of stands out. The world, the Columbia the world, is probably, yeah. yeah, the Columbia. Honestly, I prefer Columbia to Rapture, and it's not just be, not because of you know it's it's so it's beautiful, it's colorful, like it's right, it's, right. it's 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 so sci-fi and like steampunkish. Yeah, I love that it's that it's like an alternate reality of what. What what happens when you know like racism and class warfare you know are present and like they really right. they 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 front loaded that stuff and then they kind of dropped it in the back half but like it's 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 part of just the fact that the world it's just the the way they connect all three games through infinite is just it was it was a good good bridge it was but it, it, it left a lot of questions it. yeah it left a lot of questions for me like the way they did it was cool but it's like what does that mean for the future going forward yeah one thing i also want to note about bioshock is that it, it rectified one of my cardinal sins with a lot of video games and it's how they treat audio logs the fact that you can pick up an audio log it plays while you play the game instead of just having to stand there being like Wow, this is really interesting. I'm going to sit here and listen to audio for a minute and a half while it's, you know, giving me exposition and all this. No, you can just go play the game. That's novel. I mean, we're still in 2022 and games are still doing the thing where it's like, oh, go into a menu and listen to this thing. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Like that's no. a huge waste of my time. Yeah. When <laughs> when when Halo uh, Infinite gave me the chance to do that, I was like, oh yeah, this and is huge. Yeah, shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case. You're right. <laughs> like, why is that yeah. such a thing? <laughs> Like this is great. I could just go ahead and, and start popping heads off while I while right. I listen to this audio log. <laughs> yeah, Horizon Forbidden West had that feature where you could just play them while you're you know exploring. I love that. But yes, but then they they also mucked it up because then they're like, oh, we'll just have Aloy talk over it. I'm like, yeah, but thankfully guys. they fixed that. Like that was my big thing with it. It was just like she talked way too much to herself. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, that, but that, but that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> yeah, like she was always like, "Oh, my! I can always go to my stash for more stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, I can, but like, I can know. pull this thing over here. I know." We're I know. 50 We've been doing this, this game. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> we've been here long enough, Aloy. I know, <laughs> Aloy. I know what you're talking about. Like, I, I'm the one who put that stuff there. I, I know. I can probably climb this. Yeah, I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been here before. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> That's nothing against Ayla. I like her as a character. No, absolutely. Like, little things yeah, were yeah. so annoying, and it's just like, yeah. thank God they fixed it. But like, I'm never going back. I finished the game, so it's like, Sam, good luck. Sam. Good luck, everybody who has to deal with it in the future. But like for me, <laughs> yeah, that'll be me. When it comes to PC, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an easy purchase for me. So yeah, hopefully, um, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a God of War five years later thing, which I also repurchased because I'm that guy. Um, all right, uh, Bobby, what's uh, eight on your list? Uh, this is a really tough decision. Like I've been saying, like, it's hard to pick like what I want to do next. But like I'm, I'm torn between two games. So like it's there's no like definitive chronological order. But my next game is going to be Final Fantasy VII. Beyond the edge of reality lies a story of ultimate conquest, a story of war and friendship, a story of a love that can never be, and a hatred that always was. And now, the most anticipated epic adventure of the year will never come to a theater near you. Final Fantasy VII. Just like other games, it changed what happens going forward. Like, the history behind Final Fantasy VII and how Nintendo kind of got screwed out of a deal with Squaresoft and how the game moved to, to PlayStation and then the introduction of full motion videos with Final Fantasy VII was was like mind blowing as a ten year old. Like that was like the craziest game I've ever ever experienced up to that point. But I you guys are pretty much familiar with like the legacy of the game and what it's spawned and like what it's done right but like experiencing at the time it, it's hard to define like what that did to me but like it that was probably the one game that shaped me more than anything on this list it was it 
made me a RPG fan 100%. Like this is my main genre playing forward. And that's what I prefer over everything at this point. After that point, it was like, I could play anything, but after this game, it was all RPGs, Buster Swords, Gun Hands, Tifa. I mean, all these characters were so cool, and they're still cool to this day. It's just right. the story is timeless. Like, a, you know, eco terrorists trying to stop the evil corporations from blowing up the planet. It's it's a it's a simple tale, but like the way they they told it was just it was another chef's gift. Like, there's really another way to describe it. It's another yeah. chef's gift. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, you, guys, you guys have Stunned. both played yeah you guys have both played the remake I assume I think yeah. you guys both mentioned it uh, how, how, how does it feel compared Bobby we'll, we'll start with you how do you feel that that because uh, I, I know I know it changed I know that there's changes I have I have very little memory of playing seven and I, I you know played it with someone so I didn't experience it from start to finish like you have so I don't have the appreciation for it but for yourself for such an important game for you how do you feel that it carried things forward and how do you feel like it, it advanced, I guess, in either storytelling or gameplay or both? So starting with gameplay, I think I prefer the new system to Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it's a lot more interactive. Okay. It's a little bit more, you know, versatile. Like you can kind of plan your strategy a little bit more than, you know, just mashing the button, going through menus. Um, it looks a lot better, obviously, sure. gameplay-wise, yeah. but the biggest difference is just the 25 year difference in games is just it it's a lot more interactive like it's it's a lot more interactive like i said than pushing the buttons and just playing it like you're you're moving the characters you're you're making sure they're healed you're jumping from one character to the next to make sure that their their bars are building up like it it puts you into the world in a way where you're part of the party you're you're the fourth member of the party and you're playing right. with these characters and you're going through the motions with them, so you're you're a lot more invested in the second time or the first time you're playing it, but because the way Square puts the camera, the way it puts like the emotions on their faces, like you're seeing everything through their eyes, like you're seeing it from their perspectives. And it, I'm just really disappointed we haven't got the second episode yet because it's, it's been like. <laughs> two years yeah it's been about two years yeah something like that now i i i'm gonna i basically consider myself a non-final fantasy 7 player because i don't really remember the story and because it's been so long since i've played it should i play this the remake thousand percent 100 percent, yeah a thousand percent just like steve it, you'll get a better perspective on the original game if you go back and play it it's it's a it if you've ever so you've played obviously the first one, but this one here is not yeah, the same yeah. game. It's not the same story. They're actually oh, it's doing, not the same story. What no. they're doing is, I mean, without going, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's very similar with a few like f like very f like thin changes. And when I say by thin is like it, it's 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 like a parallel story. It's not it's the same story, but it's running parallel to what the original game did. And it, and it changes in a little bit, like small threads. Like it's like it's like a butterfly effect. You know, you, you change one thing, and everything else other snowballs from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what they're doing is they're they're just making the world a little bit more. You know, they're building the lore in a new way, and kind of combining the twenty five years of history. Because once I think it was the tenth anniversary hit, they added like mobile games uh books mm. uh they did advent children and they're combining all the best bits into the new remake okay, tell, cool. separate, tell a separate story so like there you can play both games you'll get a similar experience but remake is 40 hours in midgar whereas the original game is like 10 maybe not even 10 hours in midgar it's literally the opening hours and then gotcha. it moves into the open world but even to that point, like when when I was a kid playing through it, I remember because I, I didn't have a PlayStation at the time, but my friend let me borrow it because he was he was so high on that game. And he was like, listen, here's the full thing. I remember the multi-discs and everything. I'd be like, what is this? Like, come on. Like, this is a little extreme. And already as a kid, I was not into JRPGs at all. He's like, just play it, just play it. And, you know, I, I at the time I thought it was a bit of a slog and getting through Midgar and everything for me that 10 hours felt like it was a hundred and I talked to my friend and he's like oh how, how far did you make it I was like oh, I got through Midgar um I'm near the end right he's like no that's just the tutorial I was like take it back I'm done <laughs> like I, I'm not doing this at all but it's so funny because you know 
now in, in with the remake and everything, by the time we got to the end of Midgar in a 40 to 50 hour game, I was like, oh, I'm down for more. And I think it really comes down to the changes in the gameplay, uh, the changes in the story. It's almost like a meta level. All, all the changes are kind of like on a meta level where they know they're doing a remake kind of thing. It, it plays on so many different levels that I kind of appreciate what Square is doing with this uh, way more than what they did before. But, yeah, it's uh, hard to explain what Square is doing because it really goes into spoiler territory and it's for anyone right. who hasn't played, it's better just to experience it fresh because what they do in the remake really sets the course for the rest of the, the franchise because going forward, we don't. no one knows what's going to happen. We all had ideas playing remake, but what they did at the end is like, wow, okay, so really even the game says we're going into the unknown no one knows what's happening next and like i love that about it whereas you can play final fantasy 7 get the experience and kind of know like the bones of the remake going forward it, it, it gives you the structure but then it goes really deep into it right but, yeah, well it's i am, I am now currently typing in final fantasy 7 into um Another yeah, another game where you, you just listen to the music. <laughs> the music alone is like oh my god, it's incredible. In remake, in remake I went. I saw the I saw the the, the concert a couple weeks ago in right. Roy Thompson Hall, and it was incredible nice. seeing it live. And the remake soundtrack is infinitely better than the original score. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it's a timeless score from twenty five years ago, but the work that was done for the remake was like. It was incredible. They, they they really invested into the score. Like it drove it drove the game. That's good. That's it's nice Sephiroth that they didn't. Theme slaps so hard. Oh yeah, Airbuster oh, theme. Like come on. Yeah. Airbuster theme when that guitar riff went went off in the battle. I was like, this is fucking <laughs> oh, incredible. Like what right? is this? Like I would never have thought in a in a thousand years a Final Fantasy game would give me chills, but because of the soundtrack alone, so many times in that game. Damn. Damn. All right. Between everything that I've heard already and between what you guys are saying, I, I gotta, I'll, I'll try to find another, um, uh, 40 hour, uh, day in the next, uh, 12 months. And, and yeah, play don't, sleep. don't sleep. That's what I've been doing. Just don't sleep. Just play games. Yeah, right. It doesn't Ring, happen very often. Elden Ring at night for me has been like my, my nightcap. I go to sleep and dream of Elden Ring. <laughs> you don't play it you just dream of it you, you oh open up God. you open up the main screen and then you go to bed and then you're just like oh i just played it <laughs> that song slaps through the main theme of that oh my God, just leave it on, so on the menu oh, it's so good but <laughs> all right i'm gonna go a completely different direction for my next pick um okay. elden ring final fantasy jrpgs all this stuff i'm going to go with um and again this is going to probably be a blasphemy type of statement here but to me this is the best platformer ever made it is rayman legends wow i think that this game I can is agree. I super it is. creative it yep. is fine-tuned to a point and there is so much to do in it there's so much creativity um I think it looks incredible. It really just looks like a cartoon coming to life. And um, just, I, I think if they just make like a DLC pack for this game, that is just those music based levels, I would throw all the, all my money at them because those things are, they're not super difficult. And, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And it's, it, I think the difficulty in this game is like in a perfect pat, like it's just in the perfect place. And yeah. What's great about it too is that you do get the feel of playing, you know, old school platformers, but you also get a lot of new creativity and a lot of new mechanics. And if you fail, okay, just go back to the checkpoint that was a couple feet behind you. You know, it's one of those instant right. uh, death and and resurrection type things in these games. Like you've seen, you know, a hundred times. Celeste is amazing. That's like the first thing I would think of that does that in a really great way. Super, super difficult and great storytelling, but. Rayman Legends is having a really good time with its platforming and having a really good time with its presentation and its characters. It's super goofy. It's super fun. Um, I was playing on, I think it was it on PS4 probably. And I was actually, it's one of the only games that are like this, like these platforming games that have leaderboards that I didn't have a friend that was playing <laughs> right. this game, but I was still trying to do leaderboards on it. I was still trying to, you know, do the time trials and get a good number and a good timing. And I don't do that often. Um, I have purchased this game three times. I love it so much. I have wow. I have it on three separate platforms. 
And the second I I, I uh, purchased it the third time, I think it came on PS Plus. So I was like, ah, shit. But <laughs> it is what it is. I, I I don't regret it because I absolutely love this game. It's it's um, the last three years. My wife's family has a cottage, and I have this on um, on Switch. And I always make sure that I load this up for the summer because I know that it's something I'm going to enjoy and sit there and play for a quiet half hour or something and just have yeah. a really good time with it. So um, I, I love Mario. I love Sonic, like all these old, you know, older platforming games. I really love, you know, even Thomas was alone. Like I love these platforming games, but I think that this game does a lot of really cool things and interesting things um, that a lot of these other classic games that we grew up with couldn't do at the time. And even if they did them now, I don't think they would actually reach that. I just think it's, it feels like the developers and the creators are just having fun. And you yeah. feel that through the game. And I really appreciate it. I absolutely love this game. Um, I, I don't think a single thing you said is that is that blasphemous, to be honest. I think <laughs> Rayman Legends is a very underrated game when you look at platformers in general. And the fact yeah. that yeah. we haven't gotten a new one in so many years, it's kind of criminal. I'm not going to lie. I think Ubisoft yep. needs to really uh, look at themselves in, in the mirror and say, why aren't we doing more of this? Because he's a great mascot. Um, I, I think Rayman is, is a great icon for video games, but really r- rendered to the shadows. And it's kind of un- unfortunate. But to your to your point, because I, I think those music levels are so brilliant because of the simple act of when you nail every single jump move, you hit all the notes and everything. That is probably one of the most satisfying feelings in video games ever. Like just in general, like once you hit like 100% on those music levels, you feel... I don't know. It just feels like really warm and too fuzzy far. inside. It's, it's so good. It's like yes, feel exactly. Yeah. And no, no other game has really done that. No, I haven't seen anyone do that. And, you know, maybe there's one out there, but, and, you know, there's there's rhythm games and stuff, but sure. it's not, it's only, it's like a one-off 30 second, one minute level. Yeah. It's, it's not meant to be a rhythm game, right? It's just a fun way to give you something new in an already crazy world that you're playing through. Like I, I was trying to convince someone to to play this game. I think it was like last year. And I told her, I go, all, I, all I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the first of these music ones. I'm going to turn the difficulty down so you don't have to do as much stuff because you haven't played this game before. And she's not like a huge gamer or anything. So like, okay, I'll just, I'll go down to the next level down and you just play through it. And the first one I'm, I'm pretty sure is the one where uh, the music is, is themed to Black Betty. And it, it's like just thinking of that level is just like, yeah, every time you jump, you get the beat, every the symbol, right. every time you hit an enemy, like all these things that happen. And she just goes, oh my God, is this the game? And I said, I wish it was, but play through the rest of it. You'll really like it. And like, that's it. I just needed that level to sell her on it. And she was hooked from there. Yeah. So. I, I think the closest thing that has come to it since is Sackboy, A Big Adventure. When, when they have those mm. music levels, I think gets close to it, but still not to the same level that Rayman's level. Okay, I didn't know those had those years ago. Yeah, they had some like, um, some actual like musical tracks on it, like uh, Bruno Mars is in there and everything. And yeah, when when you go through the level and it hits just the right way, like it it feels pretty satisfying. That was incredible. That was probably my favorite moment in that game. That was just Same, it was very unexpected. We need more of that. We need lots more of that in game. More games need to just be stupid like that. Just put some music on and let people have fun. Exactly. Yeah. I would take a whole game of just music levels like that. Yeah, I mean, there's games that try that, but it's it, there's something about this about this particular game that it that it really got me. And maybe it's part of it is that I was surprised by it. Um, sure. But also, I just I just really love the tight platforming in it. I don't think that it's um, it's super advanced. There's lots of collectibles, just like there is in a lot of those other ones. Like there's tons of stuff to unlock. I this is one of the very this one and is it uh, what was the one before this? Um, Oh my god! They made another one where it was there was less characters. It was a slightly smaller game. The one that came before Rayman Legends, very very similar gameplay. Um, Origins. I, Origins is that what it is? Yeah. Was um, it? Must maybe. have been. Um, but uh, they only came out a couple of years apart from each other, maybe three years or something at the most. And uh, these are two games that I did. I completed one hundred percent because I just went all the way through. There's so much stuff to find, and I just wanted to keep playing this game. <laughs> Yeah, it was Origins. Yeah, it was Origins. Uh, two years both those, before. Both those games you could probably find very cheap. Oh, and if you haven't played yeah. them before, they would be perfect. Perfect to take on the go of, on Switch. Perfect to just sit on your couch and play. Like They, they work in, in pretty much every controller out there. You're going to have a great time playing it. So. Rayman Legends, available on Stadia. <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's wow, take it with you wherever you're going. 
shots. <laughs> Whether fired. you like it or not, it's everywhere. Stadia, <laughs> <laughs> so, let's 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 just have a moment for it because let's yeah. lament on on any game available on Stadia. For <laughs> <laughs> the record, I do use it and I like it, but yeah, it's kind of dead. Yeah, <laughs> sadly, Con-med. it would be nice to see things expand like that. But we'll we'll get something similar to it. It's not. The idea isn't dead. Let's put it that way. No. Um, no luckily, we have Xbox, you know, following through on that idea. Oh, man, it works great on my PC. The cloud yeah. stuff works awesome on it. I I have a big enough hard drive, but I have not installed Halo on my PC. There you go. You <laughs> and it runs perfectly have, fine, even play multiplayer. <laughs> what is it? Microsoft Flight, Flight Sim? And it takes up Flight 110 Sim. gigs on my Xbox. So I'm going to delete it. So I, yeah, not anymore because the cloud version. I'm just going to play that because like, yeah. what the hell? 110 gigs, and that's that's like half of Warzone. Warzone's like 300. Gigs. Right. I'm like, and someone needs to talk to Activision and be like, "Yo, cloud's available now." Did you? Yeah, apparently a couple of days ago they were saying like they they can't do any more maps because the install size is too big. And yeah, people don't. Yeah, like oh yeah, we Are can't rotate maps a, oh. because yeah, that's why that's why they can't do Verdansk and. Uh, caldera because they're like oh yeah it would just be when, when, whenever we switch it you'd have to essentially re-download the entire game again it's like <laughs> i mean uh, apex legends has that stuff down pat but yeah you guys are too I rich on to my xbox i think it's like it's like 40 gigs or something yeah. the whole game rotating maps all that good stuff there's, five, there's four or five maps plus different modes like what what the hell <laughs> Sure, I haven't the touched Call of Duty since it. Modern Warfare, so like I, I'm just content not playing it until everything gets sorted with Activision. Because like, <laughs> oh, we played. Suck. Me and my friends played a lot. Played a lot of Warzone when it first came out, like just because all the world went to shit at the same time. Yeah. So it was like a good excuse to to play. It was it was great. It was actually really really fun for the first like like we played it seven seven to nine months somewhere around that. I'm and we played st- it I'm still in it every single week. Yeah, me and my friends. I, I can't do it anymore. Night. I just I feel like I'm being I'm being cheated every time i play like i feel like I, i'm just getting my head i need a good shooter these time. days there's nothing out that really interests me like destiny but like there's so much i have to go back and catch up on and yeah what else do i have apex legends i mean that's cool but like i need something more I, traditional I love apex i play it i like it too I but apex. i want something so traditional yeah like modern oh. warfare what is it yeah modern warfare that was 2019 that game was, that was perfect yep like, it really perfect was. shooter it did everything that i needed and it was so much fun Halo Infinite came close to ripping me away from Warzone, and then I was like, "Never mind." Yeah, but like I have, <laughs> I bought the, the the Battle Pass, and like I did yep, me some too. stuff. And like, what happened? Got halfway happened? through it, I was like, "Cool, we're still doing the exact same thing." Three months. They out. had all, all right, this momentum later. to like, they had all this, yeah, momentum and goodwill, and they ruined it. And it's just like, come on, guys! Like you're three four three. You have all the resources. You could be doing a little bit differently. And you're the, not the no co-op thing kills me. That that yeah to me that, before you I mean, pay I whatever it. I, it could be the very complicated. Whatever, I get it. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. They'll hope they figure it out soon because like it, it's it's I don't know. It's on its last legs for me. I mean, like I haven't touched it in like three months. And join us next it. time while when Halo Infinite is on all of our lists as number one. <laughs> as number one. <laughs> um, so that's uh, yeah, no, that's a good tease towards next time. We have uh, we have run through our ten, nine, and eight picks. We'll have those in the uh, in the uh, episode description as well, in case anybody missed them. But we'll let everybody know what they are. And mm-hmm. then next episode, we're going to head down to seven, six, and five before we get into our final four. After that. Um, so if you haven't played any of the games we mentioned, obviously based on our gust session that we just have for the last 45 to 50 minutes, um, find a way to play them because they are well worth your time, whether Absolutely. they take two hours or they take 200. Um, cause it seems like that's where all these range from, <laughs> which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Just call in sick and go play some Final Fantasy, everybody, please. That's the Seriously. only way. That's my remedy for you guys. Just play some Final Fantasy. But stop asking for the cowbell and just go for the Final Fantasy Seven. All right, just Seriously, do it. Just go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right, Bobby. And how about uh, how about everybody that wants to uh, get uh, get to know the website, get to know our writing, and uh, check everything out? Where's where's everyone going to be able to find that? You guys can check us out at consolecreatures.com, uh, slash console creature. And that's pretty much where we're most active right now. But uh, as you can see, we're doing our podcast. We're going to be doing a little bit more in the future. But stay tuned. we got a lot of surprises coming. 
Awesome. Surprises. I'm happy to be surprised as well. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me. We'll uh, we'll get to the uh, to our next picks after this and hopefully everyone, everyone's enjoying it, getting to know us a little better. Uh, let us know what your picks are as well. We want to hear from you and hear what, what games influenced you and got you to this point because that's an important part of this too. It's not just us, right? It's This is a the gaming community is what this is all about. And uh, like we mentioned too, there's multiplayer games as well. So like what you know, multiplayer at the time was sitting on the couch. Now it's from distances all over. So let's hear what you're you're also playing as well. Let's expand things. So until that time, thanks everyone for joining us. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.